Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church right here in Spencer, Iowa, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod coming to you this 28th of November as we embark on a new church year as we celebrate Ad Te Lavave, the first Sunday of Advent. And what else would we expect on this period of preparation and waiting, which is Advent, but to hear of the coming of our King in the triumphal entry from Matthew 21. But our sermon text this morning, as we hear that gospel, will be from the epistle, Romans 13, verses 8 to 14. But to start off the podcast, we look to our congregation at prayer and the Divine Service Catechesis box at the top of the page. Now, as we continue with this Divine Service Catechesis to kick off our podcast, we switch our attention from the preparation of the Divine Service, that is, the confession and absolution, to the Divine Service proper, the common service proper. And the first thing we should notice about the Divine Service is that it's split up into two general divisions, or maybe more properly said, two general offices. There is the Office of the Word, which begins on page 186 in the LSB. And then there's the Office of the Holy Supper, or of the Sacrament, beginning on page 194 in the LSB. Today, and for the next several weeks, we will be focusing on the Office of the Word first. And the Office of the Word itself is split further into three different parts. There's the Psalmody, which includes the Introit and the Gloria in Excelsis. There's second, there's the word, which is the salutation, the collect, the readings, the creed, the hymn of the day, the sermon. And then finally, there's the offerings, which includes the offertory and the offerings themselves. Now, the divine service or the office of the word, it actually begins properly with the psalmody, which includes the antiphon, the psalm, and the gloria patri. The gloria patri, also known as the doxology towards the end of the psalm. This, traditionally, is how the divine service starts. In the ancient church, as the house churches awaited for the pastor or the bishop to come to them, they would gather and sing psalms together as they waited. So when the pastor entered the congregation, entered the house, he'd enter to the congregation singing psalms. And that, really, is how the introit is to be used. It should be sung by a cantor or the congregation as the pastor enters the chancel and comes before the altar. It's not meant to be sung or spoken by the pastor, really, or spoken at all. It's meant to be sung as the pastor, on behalf of the congregation, enters into God's presence before the altar in the chancel area. Now, As the church grew from house churches to church buildings, as time passed and the church year developed, psalms were chosen, which captured the ideas of the readings for the day. And then eventually, a verse was chosen from that psalm of the day that would be called the antiphon. And the antiphon means a verse that is sung back and forth between the cantor and the congregation. And that antiphon, that that verse of the day, would further capture the idea or thought of that Sunday. The back-and-forth singing between the cantor and the congregation was meant to highlight the antiphon. Now, as the antiphons were developed to match the day of the church year, it would sometimes be taken from a different psalm, or maybe even sometimes from a different book of the Bible altogether. 
You'll see that in Advent, as sometimes it's taken from Isaiah. But then to highlight the antiphon even further, it became custom to begin and end the introit with the antiphon. That's why we repeat it at the beginning and the end of the psalm. Now, the Gloria Patri, that began to be sung at the end of the psalm for a reason. It was to show that in the New Testament church, we believe these psalms are the prayers of Christ and are about Christ. They have been realized, manifested, and fulfilled in Christ. So that we who are baptized into him, these psalms become our prayers as well. So this use of the Gloria Patri was especially encouraged in the 4th century to combat and to deal with head-on the Trinitarian heresies. This was to show that the Psalms are fulfilled in Christ and to show the Trinity. With that now explained, we now turn to our Matin service for this first Sunday of Advent and the hymn of invocation, The Advent of Our King. Advent of our King, our prayers must now employ, and we must hymns of welcome sing in strains of holy joy. shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. Behold, the King cometh. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. 
kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. Behold, the King cometh. O come, let us worship him. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth, and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Let none that wait on thee be ashamed. The Old Testament lesson for this first Sunday in Advent is written in the 23rd chapter of the book of the prophet Jeremiah, beginning at the 5th verse. Behold, the days come, declares the Lord, that I will raise to David a righteous branch, and he will reign as king and deal wisely, and will execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. This is his name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days come, declares the Lord, that they will no more say, as the Lord lives, who brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives, who brought up and who led the offspring of the house of Israel out of the north country, and from all the countries, where I had driven them. Then they will dwell in their own land. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the thirteenth chapter of Romans, beginning at the eighth verse. Brothers, owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For the commandments You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commandments there are, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love doesn't harm a neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. Do this, knowing the time, that it is already time for you to awaken out of sleep. For salvation is now nearer to us than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is near. Let's therefore throw off the deeds of darkness, and let's put on the armor of light. Let's walk properly, as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and lustful acts, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh, for its lusts. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Alleluia. Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the twenty-first chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. When they came near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village that is opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, 
which was spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king comes to you, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, on the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did just as Jesus commanded them, and brought the donkey and the colt, and laid their clothes on them. And he sat on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The multitudes who went in front of him and those who followed kept shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ! Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And this is his name whereby he shall be called, The Lord our Righteousness. In his days shall Judah be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called, The Lord our Righteousness. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. And this is his name whereby he shall be called, The Lord our Righteousness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Paul begins in Romans, in verse 11. You know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. This morning, as our Lord enters upon a donkey, St. Paul picks up this new church year where we ended the last church year with this message, Wake up, that is, watch, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Wake up and watch! Because although you do not know the day nor the hour, what you do know is that your salvation is nearer to you now than when you first left the font. Our Lord is coming. The time has come to wake and prepare for him. The hour is unexpected, but we know the time to wake and prepare is short and fleeting. From our earthly view, the days are long, many Many a day, many a week, or a month can drag on. From our worldly view, time is full of uncertainty, from politics to war, persecution, family feuds, the loss of friends and memories long gone that will never come back. From the limitations of our flesh, the work of the church seems far too hopelessly great for the time given us in these short days. Even when the days feel like they drag on, Still, the time is too short for the work the church seems to need to do. But no matter our earthly, worldly, fleshly view, our Lord is coming. The time is still short. The hours still fleeting. The time to to prepare for his arrival is now. And that, the imminence and eminence of our Lord's advent may often fill us with great fear and trembling. After all, we know we are great sinners. We know our sin very well, and we know the one that comes to us is the Holy Son of God in the flesh. This is his advent. And so in this short time to prepare, the temptation becomes to prepare to approach him 
in fear of judgment, in fear of damnation. The temptation becomes for us to prepare for our Lord by counting our sins, as many as we can, listing them out, and then thinking that we can make as sincere a confession as possible to avoid judgment. The temptation is to right all our wrongs against neighbor and God by our own works with money, prayers, and so on. The temptation is to find a way for ourselves to get out from under his judgment, to find a way which we by ourselves may escape his condemnation. That is our temptation. But we need to look at how our Lord comes to us. He comes to us on a donkey, on an animal of peace. He comes humble yet mighty to save What leads us to prepare for our Lord's advent ought not be a fear that we must save ourselves. What leads us to prepare for his advent is the love of him who comes to us, his love for us. We prepare because he comes riding on a donkey to us to prepare our redemption. He comes having having given us the hope of our salvation. So yes, as St. Paul tells us, it is time now, right now, this very hour, to awake, to prepare, to watch. Because our Lord's coming, his advent, is nearer to us now than it's ever been. But we awake and watch in this time with the hope of salvation, eager to join those Jerusalem crowds in singing, Hosanna! And this hope is what holds us on a little longer, this hope of salvation. Even if the days feel like they drag on or are uncertain or as if the task today is impossible, in the long days, the days that drag on, this hope of salvation is what we cling to as the hours still are fleeting. And St. Paul continues in verse 12, The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. The night of this world is far spent. The daylight of eternity is about to break, and the night is always darkest right before the dawn. So what are we, the baptized, to do as we await in the darkness of this world for the morning's rays to break through? We do as St. Paul says. We cast off the works of darkness. We repent. We live in repentance casting off always the sins of adultery, gossip, covetousness, all the sins of the old Adam. We approach our Lord upon his donkey as we would walk in the daytime. And how would we walk in the daytime? By owing no one anything. Now, St. Paul here, he is not speaking necessarily of financial debts. What Paul is saying is don't walk owing your brothers in the faith and your neighbors. Don't walk owing them your repentance and your penance toward them. That is to say, if you have sinned against your brother in the faith, be eager to repent to him and wrong your right with him as best you can, showing to him not just your repentance in words, but also in your actions. 
showing him that you seek his forgiveness and to be united with him in the faith. That is to say, if you have sinned against your neighbor, do the same. Seek his forgiveness, that he may see the love of the Father in you and be invited to join you to meet our Lord as he approaches humbly. All this is to say, as we wait, love your neighbor as yourself. Seek to be forgiven by them as they would want to be forgiven by you. Forgive your neighbor, forgive your brother as you would want to be forgiven. St. Paul says, love seeks no wrong to a neighbor, but it seeks to be united to the neighbor in Christ's forgiveness. What is love then? What is the fulfilling of the law except the forgiveness of our Lord coming from the cross and entering our lives so that we may be united as brothers in his forgiveness, that we may be united as one under him as we gather around his cross? For the armor of light is nothing other than Christ's forgiveness and righteousness. Or as St. Paul goes on to say in verse 14, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. We await in these final hours of the night in repentance, loving our brother and neighbor, but again, not out of a motivation to save ourselves, but loving God and neighbor selflessly because our Lord first loved us selflessly by dying for us on the cross. Because he loved us, we can now clothe ourselves in this armor of light, that is, in Christ himself, so that his perfect life and death, that is our hope. From this hope, we may live by his example. And from this hope, which we received in baptism from the cross, we may be molded together in the image of Christ crucified. Now, we do fear God in that we revere God. But we need not fear for our lives in this advent of our Lord, because Satan, he cannot hurt us as we are clothed in Christ. And the king will recognize his own as he sees his own light shining from our lamps. So then, putting on Christ, we may approach him as he approaches us, in godly, holy humility. That is our hope. And this is exactly what we are doing this morning. We are approaching Christ in godly, holy humility. Wake up and see. Our King comes to live with us in another year in His mercy and grace. He is constantly coming to give us His salvation to save us every day, every week from our own sin. Here in the gathering of the saints, He comes to us humble and in the bread and the cup but mighty to save. As we wait for our Lord's final advent, here at the altar, we receive the Lord in his constant advent as we eat and drink. Here we come to our Lord as he comes to us, humbly, but us in repentance, having cast aside the works of darkness, having owed nothing to anyone as we remain eager to forgive and be forgiven, that we may be united in his forgiveness. Here, from our baptism, we also put on the armor of light, the robe of Christ, as he again, this week, as every week, brings us his salvation in his flesh and blood. And here at the altar, as we eat and drink, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That is, we proclaim him our king in our baptism. We proclaim him our king at this altar in this supper. We proclaim him our king who will come again. In humility, 
repentance, and forgiveness, we find ourselves fully prepared for His constant coming at the altar. We are prepared in the Sanctus to sing with the Jerusalem crowds Hosanna in the highest as He approaches. As the angels sing Holy, 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 we sing Hosanna. And as we approach, what we will find is that as we are prepared to sing Hosanna to his advent at this altar, we are also made ready to sing Hosanna at his final advent in glory. But until then, awake, watch, prepare, repent, forgive. For our Lord comes to you today in the bread and the wine to give you salvation. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And at this altar, he is here. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, the king cometh unto thee meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt the foal of an ass. Alleluia. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, the king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt the foal of an ass. Alleluia. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. 
O Lord, hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day, to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Stir up, we beseech you, your power, O Lord, and come, that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins, and saved by your mighty deliverance, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, 
the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.
Thank you for joining us for this morning's podcast. We also invite you to join us midweek this week for our first midweek Advent service, where we start with our series, The Mystery of Marriage, The Great and Profound Image of Marriage. Now, that'll be Wednesday at 6.30. If you are in Spencer, you're more than invited to join us for the for the midweek Advent supper at 5.30 and the midweek Advent Vesper service at 6.30. And if you're not in town, well, the podcast will be released about the same time as the service begins. You're also invited to join us next week as we go to, on to celebrate the Sunday of Populous Zion, the second Sunday of Advent, also known as the Sunday of the Fig Tree. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church or CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for the podcast or want to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses listed at the top of the bulletin. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.